Would you grab your Bible and go with me to the book of Genesis this morning? I, I don't know if we're going to teach or preach. We'll just, see, we'll just see what the Holy Ghost wants to do this morning. Amen. Would you? I believe your spirit is open. I believe the Holy Ghost would talk with us. I want him to, don't you? It was a couple of weeks ago that um, we were privileged to host the Bible study that Brother Zario and Sister Priscilla teach each week. And uh, they all came to our home, and we were glad to have them. We sort of piled in there. It was sort of nice. It was the hottest day of the week, so it worked out good rather than being in that garage they're usually in having their Bible study. And... Uh, Brother Zario taught a lot about Joseph, and uh, I'm not going to teach his lesson tonight or this morning, uh, but when he read one of the scriptures, the Lord just began talking to me, and it has stayed with me. And so, see, it's why we must learn to listen with our spirit, because the Lord can deposit something in your spirit, and we live in a day and an hour when everybody's looking for a quick quote. Right. We see it in 140 characters on Twitter. We see it in memes. Right. That are really popular now. A neat, funny quote or a quick quote or a quick thought or an inspirational moment. But the spirit of the Lord, if we'll let him speak and we'll hear with our spirit, he'll put something into our spirit. And the Lord is unchangeable. You understand he, he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And the Lord has a principle in his word of how he speaks to you and I. The way he speaks to us doesn't change. Now, he may speak to us individually differently because he knows how we hear. He knows our frame. Uh, different Bible study, different time. But look at Revelation when he speaks to the seven churches. First, John the Revelator saw this vision of the Lord. But then when he began to talk about him speaking to the seven churches, it was different elements of this vision of the Lord that he saw. Different elements spoke to the different churches. Why? Because he knew the different ones here differently. But it was God speaking to them. But it wasn't the flaming sword of fire speaking to all seven churches. It was a different element of the whole of God. Now, and so he speaks with it. But the way the Lord speaks with us is here a little and there a little. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little, will God speak to his people? That's the word. And so that's how he speaks. And so oftentimes we're looking for an inspirational moment. Or we'll come on a Sunday or a Thursday and God will talk to us in that moment. And then we'll walk out and go, that was, that was wonderful. That really helped me today. But if we'll receive it into our spirit, the word of God will continue to work there and God will continue to talk to us and he'll build on that and he'll, he'll continue to add to that here a little and there a little and he'll open our understanding. He'll take us into deeper things of God. He'll take us further in the journey where he started us somewhere, maybe on a Sunday morning or a Thursday night or in a Bible study on a Tuesday night. But as we'll continue to listen with our spirit, meditate on his word, He'll continue to speak to us and add here a little and there a little. And our understanding grows and our relationship grows. Our knowledge of him grows. Amen? All right. Genesis chapter 37, verse 3. Genesis 37 and 3. Oh, they changed stuff on me. It's all right. Now, Israel loved Joseph. Israel is his father was formerly known as Jacob. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. My sisters always said my mom loved me more than them. It wasn't true. It's because I was the only boy. I just got treated different. Um, now, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children, and he had a few. Why? Because he was the son of his old age, and watch, he made him a coat of many colors. Skip all the way down to verse 23. I think that's where I want to go. Yeah. Oh, no. That's not where I want to go. Uh, verse 18. Genesis 37, 18. So 
Now Joseph's going to see his brothers out in the field. We just fast-forwarded through 15 verses. And when they, they's his brothers, he's told them a dream he had about them bowing to him and all this stuff. Most of you know that story. So they hate him. But he's got his coat, so it's all good. And when they saw him far off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, the dreamer cometh. I have a question for you. How did they know it was him when he was far off? How? Ha-ha, the coat. Behold, the dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let's slay him and cast him in a pit. And we'll say some evil beasts devoured him. Skip down to verse 23. And it came to pass when Joseph was come to his brethren, watch, they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. Skip down to verse 31. And they took Joseph's coat, and they killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it, and he said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. I don't have a title. Maybe you'll think of some fancy one. I feel like I should, but I don't. But here's what I believe the Holy Ghost wants to talk to us about today. Joseph's garments. Joseph's garments. I really need the Holy Ghost to help me this morning. And we need the spirit of revelation to speak to us today. Would you pray with me one more time? And ask God to speak to our lives the way he wants to right now. Lord Jesus Christ, I can't do anything without you. But I'm certain that with you all things are possible. I pray that your living holy word would speak to our lives today. Open our understanding by this your word. And let us to hear what the spirit would say to us. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive. I pray revelation and prophetic utterance given of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Now, most of us know about Joseph's coat, right? Didn't catch this by surprise. But I want us to understand something about walking and living with God that we see in Joseph's life. This coat of many colors, I mean, don't you know he loved it? I... One of my kids that will remain nameless, whenever they would get a new shirt, it would seem like, and they're not all here this morning, so in case you're looking at the two, I'm not saying it was the one that's not here, I'm not saying it's one of the ones that's here, you, you know. But whenever they would get a new shirt, it would seem like that they would wear that shirt every day. I'd be like, Almost called out a name. Like, is that the old? The, well, no, I wore this. Uh, I don't know. I, they just right. It was new. They liked it. They. I, I just imagine Joseph's like he probably slept in that coat sometimes. Right. I mean, it was his badge of honor. It it came from my father, and it shows my father loves me because it's a coat unlike any others that my brother had. It's the many colors shows an investment, you understand. The many colors shows this, this costs something. To have, to have dyed thread and to have all these different dyed threads put into a coat and then to wear it. This wasn't just for display. Man, he wore it proudly and, 
And it became a testament to everybody. Man, that's some, look at that outfit. Right? It's like those guys that got those new Jordans and they want to be the first ones wearing them. And they, you know, they walk around. Probably couldn't even play on a basketball court, but they look like they got the shoes, that, right? It's the look. It's not about the use. It's about the look. And so jo- Joseph's got this coat. And here's the thing. This coat becomes his identity. It's how everybody knew him. It's how his brothers knew him. We read it there in those later verses. When they saw him afar off and you all identified, how did they know? Because of the coat. It became his identity. When they brought it to his father, they said, hey, is this the coat? And his dad said, that's it. My son is surely. Why? Because he ident- even the father identified the boy with the coat. Even the brothers identified the boy with the coat. Joseph identified with the coat. And he loved it. He was at this place in this season in life where he really liked who he was. He liked who he was. He liked what he had. He liked how he looked. He appreciated the things he had. But God had a plan for Joseph that was beyond the present place of blessing and identity. And the only way God could get Joseph to his destiny was to strip him of the coat that identified him. Someone's got to recognize the things that we hold dear when God begins stripping them from us. And he begins stripping identity away. The very thing that we hold to because it's precious to us. It's, it's how I identify. It's, I'm comfortable in this coat. I like the way this feels. I like the way people look at me when it's on me. I like the way that everybody knows who I am when I'm wearing it. The Lord says, I've got to strip away identity. It's not to destroy you. It's there's destiny on your life. There's calling on your life. And if I leave you in a place of contentment, if I leave you in this place where you just love who you are, you'll never let me take you to the calling that I've put on your life. Joseph would have loved to just grow old in that coat, I bet. It's probably something, even when he outgrew it, it would have been, you know, like, let's frame that. Let's put it on the wall in my house. It was his identity. For any one of us to ever walk in the calling of God. And to ever fulfill the destiny that God has on our life there will come a stripping away of your identity Philippians 2 says of the Lord Jesus Christ he made himself of no reputation he took on the form of a servant You understand, to take on the form of a servant, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. You understand that for the Lord Jesus Christ to come and condescend to mine and your place, he had to be stripped of his identity. He became God robed in the flesh. Now, everything he was, he was all God in the man Christ Jesus. But he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he humbled himself. They didn't know who he was. Right? Do you, do you hear him on the, on the cross? You see him on the cross and you, you hear the religious leaders. If you're him, save yourself. His identity was hid to them. They had an idea of what he should look like. And he didn't look that way. For you and I to ever fulfill the calling and destiny of God on our life. There's going to come a stripping process. And and hear me. It'll probably happen more than once. I got sweatshirts. I like sweatshirts. 
a little too hot to wear them now. But I like hooded sweatshirts or just, that's, you know, my, my morning prayer, it's easy. Like I have my, my, I grab my sweatpants here and my sweatshirt. I can slip out of bed. My wife never even knows I'm gone. I just, I slip up, throw my hoodie on. I can go to my place of prayer. That's my comfort clothes, right? I got hoodies I bought for a buck at a thrift store 20 years ago. I still wear them. They're just comfortable. I probably need to pitch some of them, just to be honest. Right? But what is it? I'm comfortable in some things. And there's things we get comfortable in that we put on that sometimes the only way God, you understand, God's not trying to punish us. God's not even necessarily, there, there wasn't fault with Joseph's coat. That's the wrestling we have in ourselves. Well, what's wrong with it's not about what's wrong. It's about you can't stay in that place because God has something. It's what Brother Lewis touched on earlier about are you willing to, if God wants to do more, are you willing to go there? Now, if I were to say to you, oh, hey, would you, if God wanted to do more in your life and I ask you, would you be willing? I think all of us go, yes. But more usually means, okay, there's going to come a stripping. I've got to rip away some identity because there's no way I'm going to let you take credit for what I do. And so he had this robe stripped off, this coat of many colors. Don't you know, Joseph thought, this is the end. This is it. In that pit, can you imagine? I mean, it wasn't enough to just have the coat stripped off. He got put in a pit. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? I've got dreams from God. I've got words from God. I was sure. I, man, you talk about going from feeling awesome to feeling terrible in a moment of time. You mean God allowed that? Absolutely. A God who knows the end from the beginning allows a stripping of one's identity not to destroy you. Somebody here, not to destroy you. But he doesn't want the coat to define you because he has destiny and calling for your life. And he needs you to make progression in his plan. And so the only way for him to progress you is to first strip you of your identity. And so it was. You know the story. We won't read all of chapter 38 through 49, 50. But so it was. He was stripped of his identity. He was presumed dead by his father. And obviously his brothers said no different. We recognize, obviously, in Joseph's life throughout the types and shadows of the Lord Jesus Christ. Garments dipped in blood. Stripped of his priestly garment. Stripped of his, right, soldiers bantering and gambling for his robe. Now watch. Sold into slavery in Potiphar's house. Genesis chapter 39 So he sold. And I don't know how long it took necessarily there. A few months, a few years. But he came to the understanding. I'm not getting that coat back. I don't know how long that took. I don't know if it happened the moment that he was heading towards Egypt with that caravan. I don't know, maybe hope. You know, usually when you lose something, you have hope that maybe, just maybe. I don't know what that was like for Joseph. But somewhere along the way, he had to come to the conclusion, I'm not putting that robe back on ever again. Who I was then is never who I will be again. Brother Martin was talking about looking back. Well, Joseph got to look back, and he didn't look back at a pitiful time. He was looking back, and it wasn't so bad. It was, dare I say, comfortable. And so, however he makes that progression, he continued to love the Lord and have relationship with God. He sold into Potiphar's house. He begins to work there in Potiphar's house, right? He's working for his master, 
And he begins, his master, the scripture says, sees that the hand of the Lord is on him. And he begins to give him a little more responsibility and a little more responsibility and a little more responsibility. And the Lord continues to prosper, Joseph, the Bible says. So the Lord is prospering him. The scripture says that Joseph was goodly and well favored by his master. All of a sudden, life's starting to look better again. You with me? Life's getting better. I was stripped of my identity. I'm not going back to that coat. But, you know, it's getting better. This isn't what I would have chosen. I, would, I wouldn't have chosen to be a slave in an Egyptian's house. But, but this is where I am. And I, and I must be faithful to God wherever I am, even though it's not what I would have chosen. But I'm here. And thank God I know His hand's still in my life. I know God is faithful. I know God's in control. And so I'm just going to serve to the best of my ability where I am. And we see in Joseph's this season. Somebody hear me. You've got to understand there are seasons in your life. Where God is working and doing things. And how you function and operate in those seasons. Determines the fulfillment of God's calling and destiny on your life. Joseph, you could get bitter. You could get resentment. You could get angry. You could harbor offense. You could let all this stuff in. Or Joseph, you can determine, God's faithful. I wouldn't have chosen this, but God's with me. I'm going to give my heart to where God's planned me. I don't like the way this is going, but here I am. God, help me to serve you. Help me to remain faithful to you. Let my spirit stay right, God. I'm here where you put me. Help me to serve you too. Let me work as unto you, Lord. We see this in Joseph's life. So much so... That a master that owns him, don't make any mistake about it, he was a slave. He was bought for a price, 20 pieces of silver. He was bought for a price. He was a slave to Potiphar, but he remained faithful to God. And his owner saw the hand of God on his life. I have a question for you. Did Potiphar look and go, ooh, there's a, there's a glow about that young man. Something must be the hand of, I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think so. I think Potiphar had other slaves, don't you? And he watched Joseph. Joseph worked different than the other ones. Joseph carried himself different than the other ones. Other ones were probably defeated, miserable, just did what they had to do to get by. But Joseph did what he did as unto the Lord. Joseph served and worked to the best of his ability. Joseph sought to honor his master. And Potiphar saw that. And it gave Joseph favor. Didn't mean he wasn't a slave anymore. But it gave him favor until ultimately, I don't think Potiphar said, man, he's a good worker. Here, just, you know what, take over my whole house. I don't think it happened that way. I think he said, hey, why don't you oversee this? And, and Joseph just continued. He worked. He stayed faithful. He was diligent. He had a relationship with God. And, and Potiphar couldn't help but notice. And before long, Potiphar's like, you know what? Take care of everything. Take care of everything. My whole house under your hand. You don't need to check in with me. You come, you go. You have the run of my whole house. How did that happen? Joseph had a spirit that was right with God. He had a relationship that was right with God. And what was God doing? I'll tell you what God was doing. God was teaching Joseph how to have a heart of a servant. Joseph was having to learn what it was to serve without the title and without identity. In daddy's house, he had the coat and favor. In Potiphar's house, he was just another one of those slaves that had been bought. In your season of life, when you're just another person in the crowd, how does my life and yours example him? 
How does it glorify him? When the season wasn't a season I would have chosen. When it seems like I've been put in a place that wasn't my choosing. But now I'm there and I seem to be stuck in that place. How am I serving the Lord in that season? How is my life? I'm telling you, how I serve in that season determines the next season. How I serve in that season determines God's timing and purpose for me. He has calling and destiny, but you got to go through the seasons. You don't get to just go, hey, I'd like to get my coat back. Genesis 39. Verse 10, he's there. He's got the run of the whole house. Quite the deal. He goes into the house one day, take care of some stuff. Potiphar's wife's in there. Potiphar's wife thought Joseph's a good-looking young man. She tried to seduce him a few times because he was holy. He always resisted and went away. But this day was different. It came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Verse 11, it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there within. Men, right there is a good reason to never be in the company of a lady by yourself. Okay, and ladies vice versa. Just wisdom. Verse 12, and she, Potiphar's wife, caught him, Joseph, by his garment. Notice she caught him by his garment. Saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Wise man. Wise man. And it came to pass when she saw, verse 13, that he'd left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called to the men of her house and spake to them, saying, See, he brought in a Hebrew to us to mock us. Now, what evidence does she have? Just a garment. He brought in a Hebrew to mock us. She's speaking about her husband. Clearly, she had some submission issues. She's trying to take hold on the servant. And now to the other servants, she's saying, my husband that your master was mocking all of us. She's tearing him down in the eyes of the servants. She had some submission issues. And she spake to them, saying, See, he's brought a Hebrew into Malchus. He came to me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment with me and fled and got out. And watch, verse 16, she laid up his garment beside her until his Lord came home. And she spake to him, to Potiphar, according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which you brought to us came in to me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Remember, I'm talking to you about Joseph's garments today. See, here's the thing. I don't know how long he was in Potiphar's house. But I just got to believe he got to a place where, you know, this isn't bad. It wasn't what I would have chosen. When I first got here, I didn't see a way. But God has blessed me. The hand of God is on my life. I have favor with my master. I have a good job. I'm blessed of the Lord. Things are good here. It's comfortable. And I'm content. Joseph, that's not your calling. Joseph, I didn't ask you to settle in Potiphar's house. Just because I've blessed you there and it's comfortable. I have destiny on your life. I have calling on your life. You fulfilled it in Potiphar's house. 
But the only way I can get you out of his house. You're getting too comfortable in that garment. Joseph, that's not your identity either. That's not your identity either. Either, either, however you want to say that. Joseph, I brought you here. And Potiphar sustained you, and I blessed you in his house. But it's just a season, and you're getting too comfortable. It's time to move. I'm stripping some identity again. Because when people see you, I don't want them looking and identifying you as Potiphar's steward. Your calling's bigger than that, Joseph. The destiny on your life is greater than that, Joseph. I did not call you to a life of survival and blessing. Somebody hear me this morning. It's very easy to get comfortable in Potiphar's house. Potiphar, I believe, represents the God of this world. We have to work. We have to have a job. Ever since Adam sinned in the garden, sorry guys, we've got to do it. If we don't work, we shouldn't eat. That's what Paul said. And I like to eat. And if I won't take care of my family, the Bible, Paul said, I'm worse than an infidel. So I have some responsibility that way too. Look up that Greek word for infidel. I, yeah, he said worse than that. So I've got to take care of my family. But that's not my calling. It's not my destiny. It's a responsibility. And so this garment gets stripped from Joseph again. And then he ends up in prison. You know the story, right? And you're thinking, dear Lord, I thought the blessing of God was on my life. I thought the favor of God was on my life. I thought God was going to use me. I have a question for you. Did he use Joseph in Potiphar's house? Absolutely. He used him wherever he was. This is what God will do with mine in your life. It doesn't mean God doesn't use us. He'll use us. But it means I can't get in the garment of contentment if God's still drawing me to deeper places. I don't take on the identity of the calling. I let God choose how he uses me. He controls the season. He controls where. He controls how. I'm submitted to his purpose. Again, it's what Brother Lewis said. He was in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you heard that's why I'm going, yes, yes, yes. Because that's exactly right. Can I take you somewhere else? Can I do more in your life? Will you let me use you greater than you ever thought? And we all say, yes, Lord. And God says, okay, it's time for a garment to get stripped off. There's, a, there's an identity you've gotten comfortable with. And here's what it looks like. Sometimes it looks like the loss of a job or the change of a job. Sometimes it looks like, it, I'm not talking about a change of geography, though that can happen every once in a great while. The Lord does that. But sometimes that's what our humanity starts saying. I just need a change of scenery. No, you don't. God says you need a change of garment. And I'm about to change. And so we're thinking, why is this happening to me? Don't you, look, do you think Joseph's just like, oh, be a new season. Here we go. Not a chance. I think Joseph, I believe Joseph had prayer meetings where he said, God, why? Why? What am I supposed to be doing, Lord? I know you're with me. I know you haven't forsaken me, but what? Why? What? what? I don't know what else to do. No direction. That dream's still there in his mind, but what? Tell you what you do. You do everything as under the Lord with all your might. You do what you know to do where God has put you in this hour, in this season. You do service as unto the Lord. You stay in fellowship with Him. You stay connected to His body. And you keep doing the work of the kingdom. And you trust Him who controls the seasons. And you recognize He knows the end from the beginning. He orders my steps. He directs my thought. He has authority to do what He chooses when He chooses. I'm going to stay in the process. Joseph learned servanthood, but he also learned rejection. And once again, he also learned what it was to be falsely accused. Again, you see all the types and shadows of the Lord Jesus Christ in Joseph's life. 
falsely accused, rejected of his own brethren, rejected in Potiphar's house. Do you think you and I can become fully and fluidly the body of Christ without going through the process? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the life of Jesus Christ might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Content and complacency. That's the biggest danger. It really, really is. It's the biggest danger. The enemy says if I can't get them to reject God when they feel like they're being rejected then I'll get them in a place where they'll just be content and no longer pursue daily the call of God and the destiny of God on their life. Joseph, I got plans for you. So I'm stripping away that coat and that garment of contentment in Potiphar's house. Genesis 41. I'm hurrying. I have no idea what time it is because I left my watch at home. Genesis 41. He's in prison. It wasn't like he got stripped of his garment and went to a better place. Seems like it's getting worse, not better. Right. Exactly right. But he remained faithful to God. He remained faithful to God. I think of Job. The Bible says in all of this, Job sinned not. He maintained his integrity. He didn't speak foolishly. He went through. Like Brother Johnson talked about a couple weeks ago. Joseph did so. Now he's in prison. The thing about prison, I don't know if they had striped pajamas-like things or what. I don't know what they had in the Egyptian prison. I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't know where that the whole thing started. I, I don't know. But I'm sure he had prison garments. I'm sure he had prison garments. And so now this is what he looks like. Some of you in here know what prison garments look like. Thank God those got stripped off. But Joseph, even in prison, see, because he'd learned servanthood in Potiphar's house. And he decided, you know what, if I can't do anything else, I know I can serve. Somebody hear me today. We have to learn what it is to serve. To ever walk in the calling and the destiny of God. We've got to learn what it is to serve. We've got to learn what it is to serve. And so God puts you and I in places where we learn servanthood. And we'll either do it like. I have a question for you. Oh, man. I have a, anybody have any idea what Joseph made an hour in Potiphar's house? Yeah. I'm with you. I don't think he got paid. I think he ate. Maybe he had a place to sleep. You know, when Jesus spoke to the different ones about life, he spoke to the, the Roman soldier said, you know, what do I need to do? He made this statement. He said, be content with your wages. What? I'm trying to better myself. I don't know why we're talking about this. Trying to better myself. I don't think there's anything wrong with at times asking your employer for an increase. If having a fair conversation. But we need to learn to be content with what God's put in our hand too. In that place. And so because we need to learn to serve as unto the Lord. And you got to shake off that attitude and spirit of entitlement. That is the spirit of the world. And it works contrary to the spirit of a servant. 
little side note here. I serve as unto the Lord. All right? So he learns servants. So he's in prison. He's serving in prison. And see, each time, here's the challenge. Each time you and I can determine this must be my identity. This must be my identity. But there's calling and destiny. See, the, ch- the problem is we know the rest of the story. You all know the rest of the story. You just want to jump to the end of the story. And that's exactly what you and I want in our own life. God, just get me to the end of my story. Get me to the part where all of my calling, all of my destiny is fulfilled. Not recognizing and realizing where you are right now is part of his calling and destiny. So I have to learn to function and operate where I am until he says, okay, it's time to bring this change about that's taking you further into more, Brother Lewis, that I've intended and aspired to for your life. But I had, God knows when to strip the garment. God knows when. You and I don't get to choose when. Therein lies the challenge sometimes. You know, I'm really tired of this one. I'd like to get rid of it and put on a different one. That's why some people change jobs all the time, you know. They don't want to learn submission to their boss, and they don't. I really didn't plan on talking about all this work stuff. They don't want to learn submission to their boss, and they don't want to learn what it is to have a heart of a servant. Well, but my boss is unfair. He's a heathen. Yeah, Potiphar was a heathen, too. He was Egyptian. Joseph wasn't serving a Hebrew master. He was serving the living God and submitting to his Egyptian master. And that began to manifest his life. Okay, I got to get back on track. So he's in prison. He's now got the run of the whole prison. Because he has served well. He has served well. Verse 14. Some dreams took place. They remembered, oh, there's a guy in prison that interprets dreams. Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. I want you to notice something that happened here. What did Joseph do when he got called out of the dungeon? It's up there on the screen. You don't have to figure it out. You just have to read. He shaved himself. What else did he do? What? Oh, it's time for a change. Watch. I want you to see this. I've never seen this before. I mean, I've read it before, but I've not seen what I'm getting ready to tell you here. Joseph was getting ready to go stand before a heathen king. And he knew. I can't go like this. I'm going to shave myself. Why? I don't know. It's in the word. And I'm going to change what I'm wearing. Now I want you to notice something here. This doesn't say that the prison warden told him to. It doesn't say that the prison warden gave him a change of garment. Does it? Joseph had the run of the prison. He probably had access to all that stuff. Wouldn't you think? Joseph recognized, I'm going to stand in the presence of authority. And what I've allowed myself to start looking like is not how I want to look when I stand in the presence of authority. Heathen authority. Man, I, there's all kinds. Of, I didn't have none of this in my notes. Watch. Sometimes, exactly what we see here in Joseph is what happens to us. We become casual because of the season we're in. And we stop taking consideration for how we look when we stand before men. 
I remember when I was younger, maybe a few times since I've been older, my wife's had to say something. But when I was younger, I'd be getting ready to run out the house. We were going somewhere. And my mom, she had this thing she did. She'd look at me. And she didn't have to say anything because I knew exactly what she was thinking. But I was stubborn enough that I was going to make her say something or I was just going to ignore it, right? I know none of you kids, when you were kids, never did that. You always like, if I knew what mom was thinking, I just obeyed. I know, I know. But she'd look at me and she'd, this would be the, the infamous statement. Are you going out looking like that? And my response was always something like, looking like what? And her response was always real, real descriptive, like that. And right then, usually it's the question like, well, what's wrong with? Anybody know you've ever had those conversations? Right. What was my mom trying to teach me? She said, hey, it's one thing when you're running around inside your house and how you look in the privacy. But when you step out of the house, you're no longer just representing yourself. Joseph got comfortable in the prison. I'm good here. They accept me like this. Right, but Joseph, you're stepping out of a place. You're getting ready to go stand before authority. And he even knew going before a heathen king, I got to change how I, I got to shave and I got to change what I'm wearing. Why? Apparently, he recognized it mattered. Okay, that, that was bonus, I guess. But it's in there, it's in the word. It's in the word. He thought enough of it to do something. And he did it himself. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Where that was verse 14. Now watch. Skip down. We're going to finish. Verse 38. Joseph's interpreted the dream. He's told him what's going to happen. Both of the dreams. Says seven years famine. Seven, or seven years of plenty. Seven years of famine. Joseph says, you know what? I'd appoint somebody over this stuff to do this so that you're ready. You can take care of things. And Pharaoh said to his servants. Watch. Pharaoh's now speaking. Can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. I'm going to back up. I'm sorry, we're just back here again. Joseph knew. I can't go stand in front of Pharaoh wearing the clothes of a prisoner. I need to make sure when he sees me, he doesn't see me as somebody in bondage. Of the Holy Ghost for somebody right now. You're content to wear this garb that says, well, this is just my identity in life and I'm in bondage. This is my lot because of choices I've made. And so God has me in this little prison and so I'm wearing this. It's, you know what it is? It's garb of victimhood. And I'm wearing this and I'm going to... And so even when people see me, they're always going to see this. No, Joseph said, uh-uh, I'm shaving. I'm taking this prison clothes off. When I stand in the palace, they're not going to see a prisoner. I'm a child of God. And I'm going to make sure no matter whether he knows where I came from or not, he's not going to see a prisoner. He's going to see a child of God. Somebody here, you need to make up your mind. When I step out of my home, they're not seeing a victim. They're not seeing a prisoner. They're seeing a child of God. I've been watching. In the blood. I've had somebody put a robe of righteousness on me. You need to know who you are. Joseph knew who he was. He never lost sight of who he was. He was a child of God. He may not have liked the season he was. He may have had garments that identified who he was. But he became to a place. Notice, the other two times the garments were stripped from him. But when this time came. Joseph knew. See, you'll recognize there's a change of season. Joseph's like, nobody's got to, I don't have to have my brothers hate me. I don't have to have Potiphar's wife lie and strip him. I'm not meant to wear this anymore. And he changed his garment. He was willing to lose the identity without having somebody strip it from him. Verse 38. Pharaoh said, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? 
39. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, for as much as God has showed you all this, there is none so discreet and wise as you are. Please stand with me. Verse 40. You shall be over my house. And according to your word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Well, you talk about an address change. But watch the next verse. 41. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Next verse. Watch. Watch. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand. That's authority. The signet ring of authority. Brother Berglund talked to us about that last week. Pharaoh took off the ring from his hand. And he put it on Joseph's hand. Watch. And he arrayed him. This time, there was no stripping of clothing. This time, there was a putting on. And he arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. Joseph, welcome to your destiny. I had to strip all these things. See, we're so wrapped up in who we are and what we've done and what we've accomplished and what we can put our name on and how we can. And so the Lord says, I am thank, thank you that you're thankful for what I've done in your life. Thank you for serving me where you are and allowing me to operate through you. But if you're going to let me take you further in things that I have destined for your life and the calling of God on your life, you're going to go through some stuff that's going to be the stripping away of your identity. It's going to be some things that are going to be painful to you. And I, I remember, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but he's right here on the front. And I'm going to pick on him right now, and he'll have to forgive me later if I hurt his feelings. He tells me he loves me all the time. We're getting ready to find out. I can feel him tightening his muscles right now. No, I'm messing. I remember, I remember a few months ago when Brother Robert made a decision of his own volition. He made a decision. He was gonna. He had. A, he had a pretty little beard. I don't know if you knew that. He, he decided he was gonna shave it off. And uh, and I remember when he came in the back door, I saw him. And he got in the back door and he broke down. He went back out. He, he, he was, and I remember asking him, I remember thinking, man, he's really having a hard time with this. And he was, is that right? He was struggling. And he was, I said, and I was like, do you know why this is so hard? He's like, no, I don't know why it's so hard. <laughs> Told you I'm going to pick on I love him. This is, I'm telling his testimony. I'm not making fun of him, okay? I want you to hear I'm telling his testimony. But it's such a real example. I said, I said, the reason you're having such a hard time with this is because through the years, this has become part of your identity. But there's an identity change taking place. There's an identity change taking place. I, I, remember, I remember when Brother Martin started growing his hair out. We gave him a little grief because he always had it shaved. He started growing. It looks good, doesn't it? Look, look nice. He even got enough to comb it. Like. <laughs> what was happening? I'll tell you, he, he wasn't just going, oh, you know, I'm trying to look more this. Or, no, no, no. I don't think that at all. It was, there were some things that were part of old identity. He's like, this is an identity change. Uh, now, please hear me. This is not about just outward, let me do something and put on a nice garment and look a certain way. And, and this is not about that. Understand, there is a spiritual work that God is doing. The adversary or our humanity wants to look at the natural, the natural. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. So don't twist this. 
There is a spiritual loss of identity that is part of the progression in him. I remember, let me give you an example. I remember when the Lord asked me to leave Walmart, which is all I'd ever known for all of my adult life. I was very comfortable there. I knew it there. I was paid well there. I was young. I felt like, man, I'm in control here. I had the respect of people there. I had all these little things I could say about what I'd accomplished that, and the Lord said, it's time to go. And when I left and I took another job, I felt like a fish out of water. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I was working for eight bucks an hour at a Kinko's coffee shop. And I applied for a job to be the assistant manager so I could make 12 bucks an hour at Kinko's. And they hired somebody else because they said I wasn't qualified. <laughs> and I didn't say it out loud, but this is what I said inside, Brother Rigo. I managed a $58 million Walmart store with 300 employees. I think I can handle this little coffee shop as the assistant manager. Is that too honest? That's how I felt. But what was happening? The Lord was saying, that's not your calling. I didn't call you to corporate success to put your name on something. I didn't call you to a title as a corporate executive. That's not who you are. I may give you blessing there. I may use you there. But I can't let you get content there because there's calling and destiny. And that's becoming too much of your identity. So i got to strip it away. The Holy Ghost is wanting somebody... This morning to understand whether it's where you are or something you're getting ready to come into or something you just come out of. God's not trying to destroy you. He's not trying to destroy you. Joseph, there is destiny that's going to save your family and save a nation. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody listen. There is destiny in a man that is going to save a nation. And if you get content in Potiphar's house, a whole nation will perish. If you get content in the prison, a whole nation will perish. Joseph, I'm with you. I'm using you. I've never left you, but I'm not done making you into all that I intend. Trust what I'm doing. Let me strip you when I need to. Be willing to lay aside garments when you need to. But know that I have destiny and calling set up on your life. And this is the plan of God. Come on, there are people that you are going to reach that are part of your calling and your destiny. But it's going to require a stripping of some things. Requires a loss of some things. But the gain that's beyond it, the gain that's beyond it, in the prison, I believe he got stripped of bitterness. In the prison, I believe he got stripped of resentment. So that when he did have the fine linen put on him and his brothers stood in front of him, he could say, hey, don't think anything of it. It wasn't you that sent me here, but God. God did it preserve. Why? There was no bitterness in Joseph's spirit. There was no ill will or unforgiveness in his spirit. How did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. It got stripped in Potiphar's house. It got stripped in the prison house. It got stripped. And so when he was in his calling, his motive was pure. And that's what matters to God. It's not that he's going, well, I can't use you yet. He wants a motive that's pure so that when you're in that place and position of authority and calling and destiny, it's not going, oh, I did. No, you didn't, Joseph. You know good and well you didn't do it. You know the interpretation came from God. And you know just the day before you were in a prison. But you recognize the calling of God is there. And you understand God did this and now I'm going to operate in the calling and the gifting of God. I know what some of you have been through. I know what some of you are going through. I'm here to tell you today by the word of the Lord, it's not the end. It's just a changing by the spirit that he's leading you to. You thought it was going to destroy. Do you hear what Joseph said when he was talking to his brothers? You meant it for evil. And that's what the adversary wants you to think. Oh, this was evil. This was to my destruction. But Joseph got a revelation when he was coming through those seasons. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. To preserve. To preserve. 
to preserve somebody here. God's not punishing you. God's not got done with you. God simply has destiny on you. And he knows i got to let him go through this process because I've got calling there. I'm opening this altar to you right now if you'd like to respond to him. And embrace the word of the Lord today. And receive the word of the Lord today.